Okay, everybody, welcome to the show. Alex Princeton, how's, how's it going, man? Life is good, Sam. Yeah? Yeah. Um, not a lot. I'm going to the gym. Got a nice beer. Mm -hmm. Got a lot done today at work. Feels yeah, good. yeah. Feels good. Okay, awesome. Moving on. Gideon, how's the uh, how's life treating you, man? Doing good, man. Um, it finally started warming up a little bit, so it's not so frigid out here. Uh, beat Zelda yesterday. My backlog progress is going great. Um, I've seen, I think, 21 or 22 movies since In Bruges. <laughs> um, so mm -hmm. I've just been having a blast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what, was the, what was the most memorable movie you've seen between In Bruges and, and now? Let me look at my list. Probably I watched Psycho on 4K. Yeah. For the first time and that was nice fun. like the original black and white psycho oh yeah 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 either that or let's see holds up oh my god it, it holds up so well it was just yeah. it's so timeless the pacing is so good i was just yeah. enamored the whole time yeah Alfred hitchcock is the absolute grandmaster He's my awesome. watching of psycho is intimate or my memory of psycho is closely tied with my high school film class mm-hmm that was the last time I had seen it was in high school. So it had been a minute. So I was really happy to I, revisit it. I was really hoping you were going to say high school film class and not like losing your virginity or something. That would have been weird. My first murder that I committed. <laughs> and uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Neil, how's it going, man? Uh, I set up a <laughs> meeting with my uh, boss's boss for Friday. To... Bring us some issues I'm having at work. So, uh, Alex, you might uh, need to get your guest room ready for when I get evicted, when I get fired from my job and can't pay rent anymore. Hey, man, you can stay as long as you like. But you got to bring back my knee sleeves. Fair trade. Or you can come to Minnesota and you can live with me, Neil. Yeah, but you have, I, I guess Alex has cats too. Never mind. Yeah, you, you're host either way. Yeah. I, I also anyway. have cats. Anyway, but well, we'll welcome. we'll continue to check up on Neil's uh, job or joblessness status over the over the coming weeks. Uh, but thankfully, we're here to talk about one of, if not Neil's favorite movie. Um, it's or it's certainly up there, right? Uh, In Bruges, directed by. Remind me how to pronounce his last name. McDonough. McDonough. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about In Bruges by uh, Martin McDonough, and this is his debut movie. Uh, Neil, where did this rank in your top? Was this in your top five movies at the, at the very first episode of the podcast? Uh, I believe so. Okay, it was right up there. And you, you've kind of had a long-standing tradition of calling this your favorite Christmas movie, which I think is pretty funny. Um, and yeah, so basically my history with this movie is Neil introducing it to me and talking about it all throughout college and saying, oh, it's the best Christmas movie I fucking love. I'd never heard of it. You know, I think like the title of it is kind of weird because most people don't know about the city. Well... I guess I'll speak for myself. I certainly didn't know about the city, Bruges. Um, I mean, I think that's part of the joke. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Neil had just been really insistent upon its greatness for a long time, and we never watched it in college. And then I came out to visit in the middle of winter in Colorado, and all we did was watch movies the entire time. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, we watched it for the first time, had a great time, and that was kind of my introduction. Um, how, about, how about you, Alex? I believe Neil showed me this movie in school, and mm -hmm. uh, this is probably my second watching. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, over the years, I've become a McDonough fan through Neil uh, and all. Mm-hmm. I'll save my full thoughts, but this is probably my second favorite Martin McDonough film. Okay. What about you, Gideon? Uh, I had always heard about this movie uh, just throughout the years as like one to watch. I uh, never got around to it till this episode, basically. Um, and I specifically had heard about there's like a I think it's a golden retriever or something that was like famous in the real city, and he has like a cameo in the movie. He's like immortalized in that because he he would just like sit out the window near like a canal or something. And all the people in the city like oh. lo- loved that dog, so I thought that was a cool little like trivia thing that Gideon, I was excited to see. I didn't even see. clock that as a dog. I thought it was a cat, but now I thought it was a weird looking cat. <laughs> really? It makes a lot more sense. Go on. <laughs> sorry. No, you're good. Um, but yeah, so this was the first time watch for me, and yeah. So, so Neil, tell me about how you learned about this movie, and was this your introduction to Martin McDonough and? kind of how that all started. So, yeah, I think this was my introduction. Um, I think my initial knowledge of this was a, like, YouTube compilation of, like, the 50 best insults in film. Yeah. And... Uh, You're an inanimate object. Uh, yeah, so the the, um, the compilation featured that and the third act uh, conversation between uh, Brennan Gleason and uh, Ray Fiennes mm-hmm. uh, that prominently features the C word repeatedly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you want me to say that. I, I, don't, I don't know what uh, rating our podcast has. Oh, I have a marked as explicit in Apple Podcasts. Fly, let, it, let it fly. <laughs> Bud. You're a cunt. You're a cunt now. You've always been a cunt, and the only thing that's ever going to change is you're going to become an even bigger cunt. Maybe have a few more cunt kids. <laughs> yeah, love it. Um, yeah, uh, so I don't know. My initial kind of thought on this movie was, that, hey, you know, there's a solid main cast. Brendan Gleeson is always great, and Colin Farrell, although I haven't seen that many movies with him, always is a interesting and charismatic actor to watch in any given thing and it just has a very this movie has a very particular like dark but also very funny and very violent tone of like kind of a very unique um thing going on even more unique i feel than seven psychopaths like seven psychopaths we talked about kind of it's like structural similarities to pulp fiction and kind of like the non-linear and it gets like really up its own ass and it's very complicated and things like that i thought that I thought this movie and the structure of this movie fit his style, the director's style, so much better in that like it was a simple story. Like the plot was simple, but how it was told and how it was directed felt very like a step up from your normal movie. And I would say that that's I think its greatest strength is like simple plot, but there's something going on underneath the surface, although and and now Neil, now now I know you're going to give me shit about this. I wish they would explain a little bit more about what the, the director's like trying to say with this movie, because like it's so clear that there is like something smarter going on underneath the surface. But again, like I'm not smart enough to tell exactly what that thing is. Like between like all the paintings and all the all the um art 
in 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 the city that they're going to see and like what what what's the the real metaphor there and it it's something to do with like death and purgatory and heaven and hell and all and all that shit but i'm not smart enough to tell what it is so i wish somebody would have come out and like hit me over the head just a little bit more with it um not to sound like a parody of myself but um yeah that's that's kind of where i am with it i'm happy to talk about any of those bits further I mean, I think um, you go, go ahead, Alex. Hear your interpretation. Um. So, I mean, like, I think that uh, again, to be a parody of Sam, like, I think uh, Colin Farrell's character Ray, uh, you know, like we've he he explains it at the end. He said, I think he's he's not he's not directly explicit. But I think that the general theme of the movie is what is redemption and is it possible? Mm. So, um, you know, for, for those of us who are uh, not, not traditionally religious or are getting into it, there's a big conversation in the middle of the movie when they're in the uh, art gallery about the final judgments, heaven or hell, and then mm. in Catholicism, there's the idea of purgatory, where um, you know you're not shitty enough to go to hell, but you still have to spend some time uh, in redemptive suffering. And uh, Ray begins to think of Bruges as purgatory uh, for his uh, crimes of having accidentally killed a small child. Mm. Yeah, that's you know, uh, maybe maybe I just didn't think about it hard enough because that that seems like a pretty clear interpretation. Um, Trying to say, if anything, by making purgatory like a charming European city that lots of people <laughs> visit on mm -hmm. holiday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was more that. just enjoying this movie on the level of Colin Farrell karate shopping midgets, but I'm I'm happy <laughs> that it, I'm I'm happy that it works on this level as well. I I get uh, I, I get that meaning and I think that's there. I think it's like maybe saying a little bit and you call bullshit on this, Neil, if you think so, but about sort of like the randomness of major events. You know, he goes in to kill a priest and then accidentally kills a child. You know, and there's lots of other things in this film, like huge major life and death consequences that happen only by happenstance, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's nearly an accident or could, is nearly avoidable that um, Brennan Gleason's character kills himself by jumping off of a building. Yeah, no, there, there's a ton of like quote unquote coincidences, but all, but like they, they are also, they're also set up like uh, Ray is going to leave Bruges and is on the train. And then because he assaulted a Canadian last <laughs> night, right. the, the police pick him up on the train and he's back in Bruges. Which McDonough does that all the time where he's like telling you multiple things and really like can't decide which one to tell you, but it is all pretty well executed and I don't know, you know. Yeah. I think I think that speaks to kind of what I like about this movie more than Step Psychopaths is that like it it's just the purity of its focus. It's a lot it's a lot more focused. I think it's probably shorter. I think it's just like tighter paced. And with a smaller central cast, I think they have, they filed it down to like basically three 
maybe four main characters, and all three of the central performances are excellent, excellent by by excellent actors that I think all three of them don't get enough credit personally. Um, especially Ray Fiennes, who I think basically makes every movie he's in way way better just by his presence alone. And I don't, I don't, I'll look it up, but I don't believe Ray Fiennes has ever won an Academy Award. Ray Fiennes. His time on screen is so excellent. He's so funny and like matter of fact about all these terrible things he's saying. Uh, really a highlight of the film. Ray Fiennes, no Academy Awards, according to Wikipedia. I was going to say, I bet he got a nomination for the English patients. Um, let's, uh, you know, Gideon, you talk a little bit and I will. Um, sure. I um, will yeah, I mean... uh, it. I'll piggyback off the performances. Um, that was one of the things that really carried it for me. And uh, I think that third act is so strong because of uh, Ralph Fiennes. Um, really, like you said, I mean, anytime he's on screen, it feels like the movie is enhanced. Um, he's just a lot of fun. Uh, he was just so hilarious, just like him being so <laughs> angry and everything. I, I love seeing that. Um, it was just kind of... For me, um, I don't know, it, it was like an interesting, like, depressed, like, bros on a road trip movie where they're just kind of mm -hmm. bummed out having, like, a shitty holiday. Um, but I do really like the pairing of Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Gleeson. I, oh, I really like those guys. This movie makes me even more excited to see... Um, what's the, the his newest movie? Um, Banshee's Yep, yep, yep. I really, I'm a lot more excited to see that now that I've seen Embraer's. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so Embraer's covers a lot of like dark themes, but like, um, it it's it, it's it's shocking to me that I I think it's like his, uh, arguably second, easily third most like lighthearted movie, because I think it goes Seven Psychopaths. And then this one and maybe the guard are like vying for second and third because uh, billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri is pretty dark and Veggies um, of Initiative is just so depressing. Like it's it's worth seeing, but like I was shocked at like the tonal shift from his previous work. Like it, it's still his style, but it's just like so much. Darker and more depressing. You have three, uh, three billboards was almost Grace and I's first date. <laughs> that's a that's hilarious. Yeah, and it, it ended up it ended up being Coco, which I that's cried my eyes out during. <laughs> like, at least, at least it wasn't Annie Hall. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, uh, speaking of his other work, I'm curious if you agree with this. I would say, like this is as Sam said, definitely tighter than Seven Psychopaths. I think the guard is even tighter than this, and it's probably my favorite uh, so far that I've seen. Do you agree? Uh, I, I I think I'd agree in general. Um, like the guard, I think the big distinction is that, um, oh gosh, um, Don Cheadle's character is like still like, like it's a dual lead movie, but I think it's still like Brendan Gleeson is the real lead, like it's like a 55, 40 from the split kind of thing where it's like just enough that you're focusing on him and Don Cheadle is just a little more supporting. So like 
you have that focus. Whereas this one, I feel like it's a much more 50 50 split between uh, Brendan Gleason and Colin Farrell. We'll have to do an episode on the guard eventually, and everyone can weigh in on that. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I, I, I do think it's interesting that uh, I, 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 I would contend that Ray Fiennes is probably like the most well known of the three actor wise. Yeah. I mean, he, he was Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Um, among, among other things, but like you know, just to a general audience. But you know, he's you know he he's got like a few voice lines in the first like two thirds of the movie, and then you know he he's prominent in the third. But you know he you know he, he probably like your biggest paid actor for that movie, and barely in it. Yeah. Um, speaking of him, he was nominated for The English Patient for Best Actor, and he was nominated for Schindler's List for Best Supporting, and he won neither of them. So he Damn. still does he does not have an Oscar. Um, but, um, you know, I wonder if he was actually nominated, because the Oscar list just came out. I should have mentioned a little something about that at the top of the list. I know there's all the controversy about Margot Robbie not being nominated, which I don't, I actually don't think is that big of a deal, because, like, you know, She's whatever in that movie, but um, Greta Gerwig, I was surprised, wasn't nominated for Best Director because I thought the the standout bit about that movie was the directing. But anyway, back to back to back to Ambrose. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else I really have to say about this movie. Yeah, like I I like it. Um, you know, out of, you, out you of five, I gave it. A, out, oh, I'm sorry. Am I better you now? I saw like five seconds cut out there. Okay, maybe I need to go get an Ethernet cord. And... You're good now. Okay. Um, well, all, all I was saying is, like, I don't really have that much to say about um, In Bruges other than that, like, I liked it, and it's my favorite Martin McDonough movie, and I really like the performances, and um, some of the themes are a little over my head, but I, I still thought it was, you know, an excellent watch, and I don't know who I'd recommend it to. You know, it's, like, really violent and really funny. It's kind of like a For the Bros kind of a movie. Um but yeah, um, memorable moments. I think the last third is is quite excellent when some of the violence starts popping off. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I really like it when Colin Farrell um, accosts the fat American families, right? who's <laughs> trying to go up the watchtower and be like, "Don't no, go to." There's a lot he of stairs. He's so polite. He's like, "You're not going to make it up there." <laughs> a bunch of fucking elephants. Jeez, I, I thought that was awesome. They make him go there. I think um, two memorable moments for me, and I, I think it's just two very well executed twists, which McDonough is very good at. And the first one is like, oh, they're here to kill. Um, I forget uh, Colin Farrell's character's name. The like, you know that's the first twist, and then the second one is like, oh shit, he like murdered a child. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I just think he's the master of those kinds of twists. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's really well done that he like gives you enough time to like Ray before you find out why they're there, and so you've got that dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Does Ray come across as likable to you? I think he's like kind of a. I don't dislike him, but he doesn't ever like seem like a good guy, except in maybe fleeting moments where you see his regret for his actions. I, I would say, yeah, he's he's like a lovable asshole. He's a yeah, Colin Farrell character. Any other memorable again, scenes? 
Well, let's let's dig into. So um, I don't want to turn this into Neil interview time, but like, okay, so what is it that about this movie in particular that has made you so passionate about it? Because like this, you're passionate about this movie the same way I'm passionate about like Boyd Runner, right? So, you know, let's let's spill your spill your tea. So first off, just the humor within it is like my vibe. Like I I get that it's meant for everybody, but that that that's my way. I just love that um but i i guess like some some of the dichotomies involved are fun to me so like on the one hand uh like ray takes every opportunity to shit on the city of the third like he the, the first line of the movie is well bruges is a fucking shithole <laughs> but it's but at the same time it's obviously like in at least in part a love letter i think martin mcdonough has a deep affection for this. It, I think he, and I don't know what his history with it is, but I think he is very obvious that he loves it. Cause there, there, there's so many just like lingering shots of the buildings and like, um, the layouts. And it's clear that, uh, you know, he knows a lot of the locations cause he uses them. You know, I would um, say that it, it reminds me of Midnight in Paris in that way, in that that is it is a love letter to the city in which it is set. I, I, I would agree. I would definitely agree. <laughs> when we get to talking about uh, top lists and stuff, like I think that's I think that's basically the one quality of Midnight in Paris that, that stops it from being in an tier forty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know, like there. I think one of the scenes that sort of stands out to me is like it's funny, but it but like it's also very real. Is uh, the first day when they're going out to see the city, uh, where Brendan Gleeson's character gets to decide what they're doing because he's going to let Ray go off on his date later, and they're in the church, and uh, it's it's said to contain a vial of Jesus Christ's blood, and and he's like excited to like get in the line and touch it. What you do here? And uh, Ray's like, do I have to? I'm like, no, I don't have to. It's just Jesus Christ's blood. You don't fucking have to. Of course, you don't fucking have to. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, I've been both people. Yeah. Like, oh God, why are we here? I hate this story of crap. And then another one's like, dude, why are you not enjoying this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I just I, I just enjoy it, and then I yeah. I, I think uh, ultimately, um, uh, Ray finds character Harry uh, again, even though he's not in there for very long. I find his um, the philosophy he espouses about like, sticking to your principles to the bitter end is just very interesting, and like he's given the opportunity to stand by them. Through a misunderstanding, and he does. I, I I don't know. I just I just find all the characters intriguing and everything. They play off each other really. Yeah. Good. I mean, sometimes that's all it takes, right? To, like a movie is just a handful of really well-written characters, um, mm-hmm. in a in a well-written situation playing off each other. I mean, like I think at some point we'll do 12, 12 Angry Men, which is not comparable to this in basically any way, but it's a masterclass on how you could have a budget of like approximately eight dollars and still make a really compelling movie with nothing but people talking to each other if the, if the characters are good enough 
Um, you and this... I watched Love Angry Man on our first movie night. Nice. Yeah. That was that director's first movie. Damn. It was a great. It was an excellent film. Yeah, that is one of the best. It. it I, there are movies that I like more than Twelve Angry Men, but I don't know if I've ever seen a better, tighter movie than that. If that makes sense. Um, what do we not like about this movie? Um, I can go. Uh, I thought the dwarf subplot thing mm-hmm. felt very dated, very just strange to me um i don't know i just didn't none of that really like landed with me and i felt it kind of overstayed its welcome i would have rather just had more of um like even more harry or having more ray and i guess ken is brendan gleason's character's name uh just kind of them like palling around or doing more things in the city um than kind of that thing going on um that's the main thing that sticks out for me Neil, do you have a defense of the metaphor of the dwarf, or is it just a dwarf? Um, I think that uh, I, I think I actually have to agree with Gideon on this a little bit. Like, I, I feel like the hotel room scene where the, the dwarf and the two hookers, like, I don't know that it's entirely necessary. Like, I, 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 I think like the like you need to have the dwarf of the misunderstanding at the end, but. You know, there's probably a little fat to trim there. Like you can still make him a character, make him recognizable for the purpose of the movie. And try and uh, a little bit. Um, I think Colin Farrell has a few lines. I think it's a vehicle for Colin Farrell to deliver a few lines that like come across initially as offensive, but are actually quite humanizing and sympathizing, or you know, sympathetic toward little people. And then. Um, you know, they do give, um, uh, let me look at the actor. I have, a, I have the cast up, Jordan Prentice, the little person who plays, um, I don't remember the character's name. They do give him like a few moments to like speak for himself. Like what the hell kind of question is that? Like, what are you talking, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think you could have done it worse, I guess is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a, a quick Google search says in Bruges is one hour and 47 minutes. I think you could probably cut maybe 10, you know, like there, there's I would say there's like maybe five, 10 minutes of that you can cut off this movie. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you can get that whole 17 off and get down to 90 minutes, a.k.a. the perfect runtime for a movie. <laughs> uh not to not to flip too far ahead to Seven Samurai. Looking at you, Akira Kurosawa. Uh, no, that's that's okay. <laughs> you, listen, if you're Akira Kurosawa, you make your movie as long as you want. You know, he's in that there. He's in that pantheon of directors that can do whatever the hell he wants. R.I.P. Anyway, um, yeah. So I don't really have uh, anything much more to say about it. Um, okay, hold there, on. There... I have one more on the yeah. on the little prison angle. Uh, Jordan Prentice says on record in a Reddit AMA, it's one of his favorite roles of all time. So, oh wow, okay, damn, Good. nice. Good, glad for that guy. Um, so if anybody has any parting thoughts for In Bruges, uh, I want to touch on the dark comedy a bit. Yeah. Um, I really do just love Colin Farrell in this movie and just how uh, he uses the dark comedy, and I thought in the best way possible it was really hilarious how how much the movie i felt like really picked up and w- kicked into gear when he killed a child i'm like that's kind of hilarious how 
it's just oh we're really ramping up and it mm -hmm. you know that could normally be like a halting moment in other movies but mm -hmm. it kind of kicked kick things into gear for me personally um and i also really really liked how it does not hold back with the violence and it gets crazy mm -hmm. violent uh in lots of different ways and and also crazy like vulgar with the swearing and stuff i was a big fan mm -hmm. of that yeah it uses its r rating and i think a really it's it, it it's it's a great example of a film that really takes advantage of its R rating to be like has really mature themes and it's really smart movie and it's a very like literate movie and it also takes advantage of that to like really you know, crank the violence up to the to the point where it's going to impact you and to to have the the funny swearing and the in the in the comedy scenes that it that it wants to have so I I love all that about it and I, I agree that with you know that like the tone of this movie is like the the, the comedic and violent but also like smart funny to like this this is the kind of like buddy cop even if you can call it that um movie that i want to watch you know like i i imagine like an alternate universe where in bruges they remake it and it's starring dwayne johnson and kevin hart <laughs> please no <laughs> but, who, would, uh, actually, who would voldemort I be i don't fucking know Amy Schumer. Uh, no, I was gonna say uh, I'm forgetting the actor's name, but uh, he he passed recently. The uh, chief from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd be good. Um, so overall, I think on Letterbox, I ended up giving this like a four out of five. But I think according to our old system that we're going to be revamping in the new year, um, with season two of the podcast, as it were, um, I would have to give it a three out of four um in in the old system so yeah i I would say i i really liked it i just don't have that much to say i gotta give it a four or four i would recommend it to anybody who doesn't have a problem with blood in movies uh i would have to give it a two out of four it didn't leave as much of an impression on me as i had hoped uh, I went into this movie with pretty high hopes. I did enjoy um, certain aspects quite a bit, like the performances, the, the dark uh, humor, the violence and stuff like that. Um, but it just as a total package, it didn't quite land for me. But my opinion might change on a, a rewatch down the line. Mm -hmm. I did not hate it, that's for sure. And uh, Neil, I think we know that you give it a four, but... Uh, if you'd like to expound and gush and, you know, speak now or forever hold your peace, man. No, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a full score for me. Um, and uh, Gideon, I will be uh, tracking you down. That's, that's <laughs> only fair. <laughs> that does mean you have to go to Muscatine, Neil. No, uh, <laughs> good. That, that just means uh, Gideon should know how to scream. Teens the Bruges of Iowa. <laughs> oh no i don't know <laughs> no maybe. no no maybe for that, some people i i think like Muscatine is a shithole yeah it is a shithole it's um, definitely worse places that's for sure uh, i wouldn't you say like i I would say pella is the bruges of iowa right it's like there's windmills you know and that is huh. actually like very close to the market for me. yes yeah pella what? is beautiful pella pella I yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. We 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 Pella was our like uh, regional rival in high school, so you know I, I have to say Pella's just like, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, realistically, you're probably okay. 
Well, uh, thanks guys for joining. Uh, thanks for listening to our uh, breakdown of In Bruges. Uh, stick around and we'll have uh, sort of end of the year wrap up stuff about our um, our conjoined uh, top 30 or so movies of the year and our, and our personal list as well.